0: Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. Good morning, lovely people, for yet another meaningful mindset. And I have chosen a really beautiful topic today, no regrets, because I feel it is the most Suitable topic for today's day because today would have been Rob's birthday. He would have turned 48 today I actually had to think about that yesterday because somebody asked me yesterday How old would he have been and I literally had to think about how old I am to know how old Rob was or would have been so Really really bizarre you know a really bizarre moment uh, for me to think about how old Rob would have been because he was 45 when he passed, which is just so no age. And I know it's not a competition. I understand that there are people out there who've lost husbands way younger than me and also others that had way more years with their husbands. So to me, this is not a competition. To me, this is about being in the now and appreciating what I did have with Rob And what we did have was the living a life with no regrets. And I really want to share quite a few things about this today because in my work and also looking through other grief groups, I have come across so much regret that I feel this is really A, stopping people from living their full life. B, stopping people from healing, and C, keeping them stuck in the past, which means that they cannot create the future they want. And now is all we have. We don't know what the future brings, and in this group, this is the perfect example of not knowing what the future holds. Because honestly, when Rob and I got married, I truly thought that we'd do... We'd be that couple, you know, that you see on all these, um, what do you call them, the, the pensioner health magazines, ads, you know, the couple dressed all in white linen, holding hands, walking down the beach, being retired, enjoying their grandkids and having a laugh and life's perfect. And I always pictured ourselves being like that. I always pictured ourselves retiring together and having that house at the beach and walking hand in hand. And leaving footprints in the sand, and now there's just mine, and Lilloo's, and often my kids. So what we have is now. There's this really beautiful saying, and I'm not really sure whether that was a meme that I once saw, or whether it's actually from the Bible. I've no idea where it comes from. i give you my personal free translation of that version, and that is... Give me the energy to accept what I can't change. Give me the strength, no, give me the strength to change what I can change and the wisdom to know the difference. And I really love this because it is really up to us to think about what in my life can I actually change? Yet so often we literally waste our energy our precious precious time in life by staring at the things that we can't change by going through it over and over in our heads thinking about what could I have done differently what could I have said differently if I had only fill in the blanks would that have changed our lives and I understand that in hindsight it's so much easier and in particular for me from an outside position it's easy to say You cannot change it anymore, don't look back. Yet I know that a lot of people are laying awake at night doing exactly that, thinking it through over and over in your head, if I had only done this or that, if I had only said this or that. And I truly know how that feels because I was in that stage when my dad passed. And I'm gonna share this with you because I really want you to understand that I'm not just talking theory here, I have lived that. It was my truth. It was my life where I felt these regrets and this is what I learned from it. So let me share the regrets first so I can share with you what I actually learned from it. Um, My dad got diagnosed with cancer towards the end of 90. It was a really tough time for our family because not only had my dad been diagnosed with cancer, but a month prior to that, my eldest brother lost his second daughter, at the age of four and a half months to SITS. And back then SITS was like really something that was so not studied and nobody knew much about it. Nobody knew what caused her death, but I remember when my sister-in-law walked into her room the next morning, she thought that she had slept through for the first night, yet unfortunately her little body was already cold. and. That would have been such a shock to young parents. I cannot even imagine what they would have gone through. Then a month later, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And this whole turmoil in our family, you know, it took actually two years, two years before my dad passed, and he had been completely healed. He came out of ICU where nobody thought he stood a chance of survival, and he came out healed. He was asked by the hospital to write an article for their uh, medical newspaper, little magazine, whatever they brought out once a month because they said from a medical point of view there was no chance of survival, and he did it. He came out cancer-free for a whole year. When the cancer came back, it took him so fast. He got diagnosed on the 12th of August. He died on the 12th of September, literally within a month. And I remember when I was at the hospital, I was due to meet my boyfriend at the time. We had been together like two, two and a half years at that uh, time. And he was like another son to my dad. And um, my dad asked me whether I could write a letter for him. There was a letter that he needed to write, uh, some official thing. I can't remember what exactly it was. And I said, uh... I can and I, I felt so torn because my dad never really asked me for a favor and I felt torn because I had uh, told Martin that I would meet him that was before mobile phones so I couldn't just text him and say look I'll be half an hour late I'll be and I told him I said oh, I was actually due to meet Martin you know some somewhere at a public place there was no no way I could have contacted him and my dad said to me don't worry just go I will do it tomorrow and I felt in my heart I was like, oh, I should stay. My dad never asked me, you know. And I was so torn, and I, I said, don't worry. just We'll do it tomorrow. Just go. Don't let him wait. I'm like, okay, you sure? Yes, I'm sure. It was the last time I saw him. So you can only imagine, like, even talking about it now, 23, 24 years later, there's still so much emotion that comes up from that because I still feel... I should have stayed and written that letter. And what have I learned from this, from this time of regret? It literally ate me from the inside out for a long time. This I didn't stay, I wasn't there for him when he needed me, I wasn't there for him when he asked me to. And what would have changed? Nothing. Nothing would have changed. It is really in hindsight, was it that important that I wrote the letter or not? I don't know because I never knew what that letter was about. Yet the whole looking back and thinking about would it have changed anything, that is just so taking up all the energy that you need to heal. And... um Truth is, I don't really know if it would or wouldn't have changed anything. Yet, does it change anything in hindsight to think about it? No, that's the exact point I I wanted to make. It doesn't change in hindsight to think about what if. What if does not change any facts? What if does not heal any of your past? The only thing that heals is when you open your heart to it, when you open your heart to healing, when you allow to forgive yourself, when you allow healing to occur, when you choose healing, when you choose love and gratitude over what if and if I had only... Let me just quickly read those comments. I've got my glasses here because I can see that there have been a few comments made, and I can't read them without my glasses. This is the Serenity Prayer. It comes from Winifred Crane, uh, while but uh, attributed to in her diary back in 1932. So the original author isn't actually confirmed. Oh, okay. Well, God give us the serenity to accept what we cannot, what cannot be changed, the courage to change what can be changed, and the wisdom to know the one from the other, I really, really love this because this has been with me for such a long time and this is really what we can ask for. Give us the courage um, and the wisdom, sorry, give us the wisdom to know the difference, you know, what can we change and what can't be changed in our lives. And what have I learned from that experience? What I've learned from that experience is that I really started to live my life in the now, to be really, really present and to share what I feel and what I think now. I hardly ever wait for the next day, for the next moment, for the next opportunity. I really focus on the now This is, uh, you know, I've I've mentioned this quite a few times before. I'm one of those people walking on the street when I see somebody that I've never seen in my life before and he or she has something, does something really nicely. Um, Even if it's like a woman wearing a pretty dress, I tell her. I do that on an almost daily basis. There's not one week where I don't walk around giving out compliments to strangers and... I know that this one compliment can completely make their day or sometimes even change their lives. We just never know. Yet it doesn't cost me a thing. And I love giving out compliments to strangers. I don't do it as much with men because sometimes they could be taken the wrong way. So (laughs) I don't want to risk that in any way. Let me just read this. There's another comment. Um, Everything is always working out perfectly even if it doesn't look or feel like it. Yes, I, I really love that. I, I really like that. It's like everything works out in the end and if it's not worked out yet, it's not the end yet. So I just, I just, you know, there's a, a whole lot of memes and sayings. And um, so when I want to bring this forward to my relationship with Rob. Rob and I really lived a life with no regrets. Our relationship was a perfect example for that because... Uh, if you ask anyone in our circle of friends and relatives, we were that couple. We were always that couple, still holding hands and telling each other how much we loved each other every single day. He was never in a fear of missing out, of fearing, oh my God, if one day passes and I don't tell him, what if, you know? There was no fear of that I could miss out. There was just this urge to let him know this constant urge, and I just could not ever say it enough. It never got boring, it never got mundane, it never felt like, oh, it's just one of those I love yous that you just say, but don't mean it. Every single I love you came straight from my heart, and I know it was the same for him. And um, one of my most favorite stories I want to share with you today, because uh, it was actually our very last conversation that we ever had, which of course neither of of us knew that it would be the last conversation. It was the night before he passed. It was the 11th of June, 2018. And Rob was in Perth on a business trip and uh, he had flown out two days prior and it was a public holiday, which didn't occur to Perth, so he was still working. And um, he had just recovered from a really bad cold. So he was still quite run down, had worked the whole day. And with the time difference and five hours flights, he was knackered. And he went out for dinner and he said he was standing in this restaurant and they were lining up for a table. And there was this young couple ahead of him and they started chatting in the line. And when it came to you know them being allocated tables, they insisted that Rob would sit with them. And he said, "Babe, I was so tired, but they were so insisting, I couldn't refuse the offer." So he sat with them, and he said, "You know what? The whole night we chatted about love and relationships, and the young gentleman was from Treviso, where Rob's dad is from. That's his hometown in Italy." And a young woman was from Perth in Australia, and I just love that he met somebody from his dad's hometown. You know, it's a, it's a, yeah, I mean, what are the chances? And he said the whole night they chatted about love and relationship, and he said, I even told them about the five love languages. I'd love to hear from you. Put in a comment five love languages if you have heard about it, if you have actually done the test if not i will be posting a link in the comments below um because i think it's just such a beautiful thing to know you can do the test online you you just put in your email address they send it to you you can unsubscribe to their newsletters at any stage Um, it's by dr gary chapman and um it pretty much explains what type of love language you speak how you express your love and how you want to receive love and Rob was definitely acts of services and physical touch we were both physical touch in our main love language and his second one was acts of services and mine was quality time so you know it's it's really something that you need to look up on the on the website but in a nutshell Rob loved doing things for us you know whether that be cooking for us or helping me prepare the lunch boxes or doing all the things in the house that needed to be done. He was very, very showing his love through acts of services, like the love language is called. And I have to have a look at this. I can't wear my glasses all the time because I feel it's very um, disruptive when I wear them, when I speak to you guys. Living with no regrets for me means you remain open to myriad of possibilities yes absolutely yes love the five, love languages um, I really invite you all to do it it is such a beautiful thing to find out and um, it was such an eye-opener for me in my relationship with the boys as well to find out their love language to find out uh, why there are rivalries between the boys that they really do need something completely different to each other my two sons couldn't be any more different in terms of love language So that explained a lot of jealousy and a lot of their behaviour as well and um, it really is such an eye-opener in terms of dynamics within the family. So to come back to the point in terms of, you know, when when Rob and I um, finished our conversation, he said, you know, I think I left this couple with a lot to think about and they were so inspired by everything I shared and I said, I love when you played a coach. You know, he had... um, He had taken on so many of the things that I've been teaching in in my coaching practice over the years. And uh, Rob ran around practicing and preaching everything and anything about love and connection. And uh, my whole eulogy was about love and connection because I wanted the people to get away with a message about love and connection and about being in a now and appreciating what you do have right now and celebrating that. We don't do that enough and then afterwards there is the big regret. And even for those, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart, because I have experienced both, even for those who have lost a loved one that was so dear to their heart and their heart is full of regret, it doesn't heal you, it doesn't help you, it does not heal or help the person that has gone. The person that has gone is at absolute peace, I can promise you that. And the person that has gone would want you to have the same. Absolute peace and love in your heart. So this to me today is an invitation for you to allow that in your heart. What would happen in your life? How can your life change if right now you make the decision to switch to gratitude? And allow peace and love in your heart and forgiveness and let go of whatever it is that you are blaming yourself for. For those of you who are not aware of that yet I have put the healing journey from grief to relief in the units in loving life after loss so you're obviously watching this in the group right now and up above just underneath the banner of the group there is a little button in the menu that says units And in unit one, I believe, just have a look. We have three different units. One is for the journey from grief to relief. One is for these meaningful mindset Mondays that I always add in there as soon as we're done. And one is for the upspiral grief interviews that I do every second Tuesday. And in that unit from grief to relief, you will also find a forgiveness meditation. And I really want you to do that you know go through the whole course don't just do the forgiveness meditation because the course is really built step by step it does make sense to go through it it is free it's my gift to you and you can go through it in your own time it's built as a seven day journey but if you do need longer take all the time you need so what is holding you back right now from switching to gratitude, from opening your heart to healing, from allowing to let go of whatever you have blamed yourself for. For those of you needing help with that, please send me some some sign in the comments below. Just put the word me or a love heart and I know to reach out to you. I'd love to have a quick chat with you just to see how and if I can help you. And if I feel I can't, I'm more than happy to point you in the right direction. Yet reach out. That is the one thing that you can do. We often get bugged down in this whole feeling of there's nothing I can do. My life's over. This life is over. There is something you can do. Reach out. Allow help in. Allow yourself to live life to the fullest because you still have it. You still have your life. Life is such a gift, even if it sometimes doesn't feel like it. I understand that. Yet it is a gift, and there's a reason why you're still here. And I'd be more than happy to help you find out what that reason is. I would love to end today's Meaningful Mindset Monday with a little heads up for tomorrow. Tomorrow, I have the absolute pleasure to interview Joseph Alvaro, a guy that has a very aligned mindset to me and to what we do here. And uh, his project is called The Lucky Ones. And I can promise you this is one interview that you don't want to miss. I am absolutely, absolutely stoked about this interview tomorrow. I can't wait. It's the usual time, 10 to 11 a.m., Australian is a dayland time so sydney time and uh i'd really urge you to tune in tomorrow i'm just going to check if there are any last comments that i would like to pick up on um you're watching this live love these weekly insights messages that you share thank you so much as per usual i cannot see who's commenting but i love that people are commenting i love when people um are interactive in my life. So when you ask questions, when you make comments, when you send me love, I'm really receiving that wholeheartedly. So thank you so much for watching and really allow yourself to be in the now and to live a life of no regrets. And the perfect day to start this is the day you were born. And the second best day is right now. I'm sending you so much love. This is Marie signing off thank you for listening to our podcast if you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about loving life after loss please visit MarieAlessi.com. i shall see you next week bye